I'm Alex Marlowe, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. On this Hawaiian Shirt Friday edition of the show, we discuss American athletes debasing themselves and disgracing our country during the Genocide Games Olympics in Communist China. While the people seem to be understanding just how bad the CCP is, our institutions are still acting like his business as usual, or even worse. Nancy Pelosi, for example, has suggested that athletes not speak out against the Chinese Communist Party's atrocities, perhaps he'd prefer that they save their breath for criticizing, you know, the bad orange man, Donald Trump. LA Mayor Eric Garcetti has claimed that he held his breath when he was walking around maskless, violating his own rules at the LA Rams game last weekend, even though he was around uh, immunocompromised Magic Johnson. Apparently he held his breath, I guess, for hours. Is that the implication? A totally absurd lie uh, straight to the face of the public, and uh, there'll be no consequences for him. He'll probably get promoted somehow. An ISIS leader is dead. A big Joey wants credit for this, but I won't give him any. A bunch of children died in the process as well, uh, which seems to be a trend that we've been tracking at Breitbart News. Facebook is getting slaughtered on the street, and the president of the United States refers to black people as colored children, apparently to prove he is literally prehistoric. All that in the opening portion of the show. Then we speak to two guests, Dr. Sebastian Gorka first on the importance of boycotting China why he thinks Christy Noem should not be the vice presidential pick in 2024, and why the Department of Homeland Security's re-importation of illegal aliens into America's heartland is the biggest scandal that no one, or at least not enough people, are talking about. Then Breitbart News Economic and Finance Editor John Carney joins us to discuss the breaking jobs data that occurred live while we were on the air on the SiriusXM show, uh, which Again, every morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Time, live and on the SXM app as well. Blowout jobs numbers that no one saw coming, especially us. We explain what that all means and an epic silver lining, which is that perhaps America really has moved on from the coronavirus hysteria. All that on the show to come today. But first, before we dig into it, I do want to talk about AMAC, terrific sponsor. If you're on the left, you got the, the AARP, but for the rest of us, we need AMAC, terrific sponsor. Did you know? that they're a conservative advocacy and benefits organization that have more than 2 million members and counting. It's the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC has become one of the most important conservative organizations in America. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls. Stand with me and over 2 million patriots by joining right now at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Breitbart. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. So join today at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. The ISIS leader was blown up in Syria yesterday, but he was probably blown up by himself. Uh, the initial reports out of the White House were suggesting they blew him up. Um, again, any ISIS leader who dies is fine. Uh, ISIS obviously not the imminent threat that we uh, saw during the Trump years and then during the Obama years. Um, but I, I guess a, a dead ISIS terrorist is okay with me, uh, but it looks like he blew himself up. And also, he had used children as human shields 
But I don't think that's a good move anymore because Big Joey's not above blowing up children. And I say that sadly only a little tongue-in-cheek because we did have that botched um, a droning in Afghanistan again when Big Joey was probably trying to wag the dog and get some positive attention for himself after the horrifying Afghanistan pullout that he managed when he blew up that uh, entire family of 10, including a bunch of children. So um, it is any sort of effort that the Biden administration is doing to make this some sort of a, a political victory is just clearly designed for to get us to stop talking about the other stuff that's going bad in the country. Uh, this is just, just simply not that big of a win for him. It just isn't. So a bunch of children died because an ISIS guy blew himself up. Uh, I'm glad that he's dead, but uh, not a lot of credit, in my opinion, to Big Joey. Um, though good for any U.S. forces who led to him dying, I guess, even though just I don't like trading the children personally at this point because I, I just don't trust Big Joey. I just don't. Um, and speaking of international, I do want to touch on the genocide games, which the mockery and the sham nature of going to China for the Olympics is just continuing. I mentioned yesterday the appalling Eileen Gu, who is a downhill skier or is it downhill skiing? She's a skier who grew up in California, won championships in Colorado, is going to go to Stanford and is competing on behalf of the Communist Party of Beijing. Because I guess her mom is uh, was born in China. Uh, 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 utterly offensive in every sense of the word. These people aren't heroes anymore. They're not. Sorry. I'm a little cynical in this regard because I was a sports fanatic growing up. And I played sports. And then all my sports heroes kind of demonstrated less than stellar character during the peak of my fandom. Um, I was a baseball fan during the peak of the steroid era, for example. That was my favorite sport. And then I was a big Kobe Bryant fan, and he had the issues with the maids in Colorado, or the one maid. I'm a big Tiger Woods fan. He's had his fair share of scandals. So, and then some of them bounced back to various degrees. You know, Barry Bonds, my favorite baseball player, has kind of gone underground. Um, Kobe Bryant seemed to get his life back on track. Uh, Tiger Woods, I think he has his own struggles, but definitely is an incredibly charitable individual. Just a huge philanthropist also. Um, but you know, it was a, I learned that my heroes, my sports heroes were not the people I was going to look to for my morality. And then it, it, it couldn't be more clear here. A U.S. Olympian posted Chinese propaganda from Beijing on TikTok, which is Chinese mind control, despite espionage warnings. Last time I was in China, which is the one time I was in China, uh, I immediately jettisoned all of my technology when I was there. Because what everyone tells me, and I actually was in contact with a pretty well-known cybersecurity expert that all of you are pretty much aware of. And I asked, what should I do? And he said, basically, if you spend enough time, meaning like half an hour in China, then uh, your tech, you got to assume it's compromised. You don't know for sure, but you got to assume it's compromised and you got to get some new stuff. So we got Americans in there in... Beijing in the Olympic bubble and they're using Chinese tech they don't care about espionage so that they can you know hang out on social media 27 year old American loser Summer Britcher filmed herself dashing about the Beijing Olympic village in delight and praising the Chinese government for her accommodations John Hayward reports for us at Brightport News 
The video was allowed to go viral and was promoted by Chinese state media along with other athletes' videos that made China's closed-loop Olympic system look good. Do you know what this closed-loop is? China does not have a free internet. You cannot access all sorts of different websites. It's just huge, huge sections of the internet, such as even Twitter and Facebook, despite the butt-kissing of the Chinese regime by people like Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg is one of the biggest butt-kissers of China and all of Silicon Valley. He actually asked Xi Jinping to give a Chinese name to his daughter, who is, I think, partially ethnic Chinese because of uh, Zuckerberg's wife. So he's a, uh, a the, the most vulgar expression we routinely use in American life, a brown noser. Just disgusting. But I'll use it here because I'm talking about Zuckerberg. Um... And so we've got the Olympians who have a, a special accommodation so they can get some of these websites. I mean, how creepy is that? So they shut it down for their own citizens because they don't want too much PR fallout or backlash publicly from these athletes. They allow them broader access to the internet. And then what do the athletes do? They fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. So instead of going on the platforms and saying, just a reminder, I'm in here to compete, but we hate the CCP, um, they gave us a coronavirus. All these people are dying because of them. They have internment camps. We're built under Xi Jinping, the dictator who's here. And they don't like women. They don't like blacks. They harvest organs. They don't like Christians. And just to let you know, these people are monsters. They don't do anything like that. What they do is they say, oh, this is an amazing Olympic village. And we are so excited to share this with you. Woohoo. Go team. Would you believe that it actually gets a little bit worse? Um, we have more U.S. Olympians are actually competing for the Chinese. We've got this story as well for you at Breitbart News where they were actually hockey players, a couple of them, American hockey players who were trying to win Olympic gold for communist China. Warner Todd Houston writes for us at Breitbart News that the Chinese Genocide Olympics is becoming the defection games as now at least three Americans have abandoned the USA to play for China. Uh, we reported on Eileen Gu, and her background is in there. Uh, but Gu is competing, by the way, is Gu Ailing. Nice. So what's your name? American turning away from the USA to play for the communist regime. But two American hockey players, Jake Chelios and Jeremy Smith, have decided to play for China. According to the website OutKick, which I think is owned by Fox now, Jake Chelios, the son of pro hockey player Chris Chelios, I've heard of that guy, moved to Beijing in 2019 to play professional hockey there, so he's going to play for China. I think half of my family was a little confused of what was going on at first, he said, but now that we're starting to understand how special it is, wow, really special to play for that CCP. According to Chelios, he continues, since we've been over here for three years, whatever it is, you do start to feel a closeness to China. We've been eating Chinese food. We've been living the Chinese culture. So there's a certain closeness you start to feel with China and you start to feel like you're actually going to represent them and you want to win for them. It's a, you got to believe, I mean, there was just like nonstop high-fiving in the Politburo in, in Beijing, right? Um, Jeremy Smith, NHL goaltender, former NHL goaltender, who's gone to play for the communists in China, uh, when they asked him, he said, of course I said yes. I think it's an honor to play in the Olympics, 
But the dream of playing for the host city in the Olympics, I didn't ever think there would be a chance for me in my lifetime. Whew. These guys are moral, clear-eyed, clearly well-informed. What embarrassment. It is embarrassing we're raising these people in this country. This is a, they can, you can go through your adult life and have a total ignorance of the threats of, of the world. It's scary. It's a, do people just walk through life, just wrap them bubble wrap with uh, earplugs in their ear? Um, and the fact that there's no, main, no mainstream media will attack them for this. It will be portrayed as nuanced or interesting or balanced in the establishment press. And then, of course, the Breitbart and a couple other places will point out how insane this is, how utterly insane and radical this is. Am I taking crazy pills? Do you guys think it's not a big deal that we have Americans going over to compete for the Communist Party in China, despite everything we know about them? How oppressive they are? And we're in the middle of this pandemic. There's still people dying and tortured by this uh, virus that probably came from the gain-of-function research done in the Wuhan virology lab studying coronavirus. And then we all bought that it was, you know, the turtle making love to the pangolin. And then they ended up in the soup and it was undercooked. And thus, global pandemic and millions of people died. I mean, it's almost funny how ridiculous it all is. So that's going on with the Olympics by all means. Do not tune in. Do not tune in. Lead story right now, Breitbart News, is Nancy Pelosi recommending athletes uh, do not risk angering the Chinese government. By speaking out, he's in genocide games. Keep your mouth shut, she says. We got some clips of this. Play cut seven, please. Now the IOC, aided by corporate sponsors, once again turns a blind eye with the 2022 Winter Olympics just to bolster their bottom lines, Mr. McGovern mentioned. As I was said, if what? we do not speak out against human rights violations in China because of commercial interest, we lose all moral authority to speak out against human rights violations anywhere. Okay, so that is something I largely agree with. Of course, I think the correct response would be to boycott, and anyone who did not want to boycott um, was incorrect here. But in she, of course, does ignores that her husband and son make lots of money off of China, and that she's gotten softer off of China as her family's business ties get deeper to China, and I'm sure there's no one at her press conference that she does every day pointed that out. All of that was revealed in Peter Schweitzer's book. But by and large, I sort of agree with that statement. But now let's hear where she goes next. Cut 13. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. I Could you imagine in a society that values free speech where the leader of a political party or one of the top handful of leaders of a political party would suggest that we do not speak out against a fascist totalitarian regime because we're afraid of them? actually in fear of them. What, what is the spirit of America? 
I tend to think of the core American values of liberty and God we trust, e pluribus unum, from many one, First Amendment, Second Amendment, those are things that come to mind that make us unique. If we don't have a class of leaders who believes that the First Amendment is fundamental, the right to speak out, and that you should not be in fear, that you should do some sort of performance art with your life, where you don't say what you believe because you're afraid of some fascists. We're not America anymore. Literally, we're not America anymore if we listen to this woman. We might be an okay country, might be fine, but we're not America, I'll tell you that. That was an anti-American statement. Um, I'm very pleased that that caught a lot of virality online. I saw that a hundred places overnight, which I'm pleased by, because I'm glad I'm not the only one having that thought. That's one where I know I'm not taking crazy pills, because I was everywhere. And just the absurdity, just in the middle of the pandemic, which is there's so many millions and millions of Chinese on lockdown because raging through China at the moment, even though CNN uh, declared that China had defeated the virus over a year ago. The White House, according to Politico, speaking of the virus, is eyeing the next phase of the pandemic, which is returning to the new normal or finding a new normal, which is coming up. So the new normal is coming. And how could they possibly say that from the guy who promised to shut down the virus on at least 11 occasions when the death toll on February the 2nd, last day we have fresh data, was actually higher than on February the 2nd, 2021. So death is up from a year ago, and we're talking about moving on to the new normal. If Donald Trump said that, if that was put out, it would be 24-7 scandal on CNN, etc. Get that ticker up there, Jeff Zucker. Oh, wait a minute. He can't anymore because he's out. So uh, it's the, there's, there's so many scandals you can't even keep up with it. Joe Biden recalled seeing colored children during the national prayer breakfast speech yesterday. It's a, he, he broke into an anecdote where he referred to, I got out of the car and I said, mom, why are all these kids? It was then called colored. Why are all these colored kids in that bus? Cause in Scranton, there wasn't any, there are very few blacks said they're not allowed to go to school with us here in Delaware. And Milton what, wasn't what you might call the epicenter of desegregation. Wow. There's an incredible story. Went on from there. Referring to colored children. Remember, he referred to black children as roaches in the year 2017. So, pretty recently. Um, he is trying to move everything, the subject along. Oh, and, of course, we've been learning over the last 24 hours at Breitbart was correct among all the sea of media that got this one wrong, that there was no imminent threat of Russia invading Ukraine, even though the Zelensky suggested that uh, there was no imminent threat. The Biden administration said there was an imminent threat. And then Kirby, who's the spokesperson for the Pentagon, said that actually it was an interpretation error. Zelensky speaks English. So what do you mean they misinterpreted what imminent means? Is it imminent or is it not imminent? Zelensky speaks the English language. So don't tell me it was an interpretation error. These people think we're idiots or we're uh, just going to burn out on having to fact check them and correct them all the time. The willingness to lie through their teeth is so unbelievable. Um, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, the worst mayor in the country, he was fighting Bill de Blasio for that title. 
And now that um, Bill de Blasio is no longer the mayor, he is clearly the worst man in the country. Uh, you know, I take this personally, having grown up in Los Angeles, which it truly was the coolest place in the world until, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And now it is just uh, all of the original problems were there that were facing the city 30 years ago uh, when, you know, I started to come of age. And then now we have all those same problems, plus we have massive crime wave, and it's still way more expensive. How do things get so much more expensive, and it's a much less pleasant place to live? But hey, if you have your Vax Pass with your booster shot, you can get a pastrami sandwich. Um, so he was getting roasted, as were lots of celebrities, Gavin Newsom, etc., for uh, not wearing their mask despite an outdoor mask mandate at the L.A. Rams football game last weekend. And um, Garcetti was asked about a maskless photo, particularly with Magic Johnson, who I don't know, Magic Johnson's in perfect health right now, but, you know, famously is HIV. So I don't know if that's a, if that's a big deal or not at this point in his life. But a guy who's famous for having a uh, really horrible virus, though I guess he's been doing fine for a while, still scary. Garcetti's around him, no mask. And you know what his explanation was for why? He said he didn't inhale. Literally, he pulled a Bill Clinton. I'm sorry, he said he didn't exhale. I'm sorry, he didn't exhale. <laughs> Bill Clinton didn't inhale. Eric Garcetti didn't exhale. So I'm saying these guys think you're stupid. He did not exhale. I mean, how does he think he can get away with that? That's pretty good. You almost have to admit that that, that is the brazenness of it. The brazenness of it. Um, I was holding my breath was the exact quote. Defying his own COVID rules. Holding his breath. Class act. You know, you should really, uh, the, the, it's a, what an example, another role model. Um, couple other ones to mention before we have a bunch of time for phones, 866-95-PATRIOT, if you have any thoughts on any of this. Facebook lost users for the first time ever. Shares dropped over 20%, $200 billion in value wiped off the map. Um, and I don't know why, how, why this would be a huge surprise that it was. I mean, Facebook's not a great place to hang out, in my opinion. The Breitbart's huge on Facebook, and we're very grateful for all of you share our content. But they keep changing their algorithms so that people get less of what they want and more of what Facebook wants you to see. There's a lot of competition. Um, Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, blames TikTok, which is Chinese mind control, designed to distract us uh, and waste a bunch of our time. But they're they're the the most popular website in the world now, even bigger than Google. That's taking no doubt some time away from people who are uh, scrolling on their phone, wasting their time, wasting their entire day, maybe even wasting their entire life, just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. What I refer to as scrolliosis. Um, and he thinks the people wasting their time scrolling around on TikTok are taken away from people wasting their time scrolling around on Facebook. So. Um, but it's interesting. But it's interesting also because Snapchat reported a profit for the first time ever. I asked John Carney, our economic and finance editor, "Whatever happened to Snapchat? Is that thing still around?" And he said, "Actually, it's doing great. It made money for the first time ever." Um, Amazon is uh, printing money. So, but uh, they're struggling over at Facebook, which is now known as Meta. And but the one thing though, 
why a lot of people I think are still pretty long on Facebook is that what Mark Zuckerberg tries to do is he does try to look down the field to see what's next. He's not just about what the landscape is today. Um, he is much in the spirit of Steve Jobs, not to say he's as impressive of a guy as Steve Jobs. He's not. But I do think that his that's his philosophy is to kind of really look down the field, which I think is is correct way to run a company like that. Um, so, but he's looking at this meta concept where everything is sort of, you know, going to happen via an avatar. We're all going to have this sort of simu- simulation slash simulacrum, as the other word I'm hearing uh, used for it. And um, the a woman apparently logged in the virtual reality megaverse. And said she was, uh, her avatar, I guess, was gang raped in 60 seconds, which is not good. It's not good look. I'm just wondering where this is going to go. Are there going to be, you know, virtual sex crimes? Probably are. People who are sexually violent when we're all sort of on our virtual virtual reality headsets. So high tech, scary stuff, man. Very, very scary what's going on. But uh, not good news for Facebook. But I did want to throw that out there that even though Zuckerberg personally lost $30 billion in a day which is the second most ever. Apparently there was someone who lost more than 30 billion in a day. What was that? Elon Musk back in November after he sold a bunch of Tesla stock. So second biggest daily loss of money in a day. Um, but still, I'm curious to see what this, what this means because it might mean that Facebook really is just shifting their focus to what's coming next. And I don't know if I'm, I really want to know what's coming next. Because I think what's coming next is probably going to be uh, us, instead of having scrolliosis, we're going to be in our virtual reality goggles all day. So I don't know if that's going to be better. Last one, because a lot of kind of not that happy news today. I will give you one happy one that I like, and it is sh- shockingly, and by shockingly, I mean absolutely not shockingly, coming out of the great state of Florida, where the Florida Senate Republicans advance a bill to prohibit abortions of babies after 15 weeks. So, um, like Mississippi and a couple other states across country, Florida is pushing for a 15-week uh, abortion ban. Uh, you've got to give the Republicans out there, of course, it starts with Governor DeSantis, but you have to give them credit that they really do try to put their money where their mouth is. They try to get stuff done. And this is a huge reminder that there are uh, people who move the ball forward and there are people who look towards the past. And effective operators have an agenda they are putting forward. They're not merely pointing out the problems. And I say this as a person who's a professional problem pointer outer. But still, the real, the real uh, admirable people who managed to move things forward. But the bill was voted out of the Senate Health Policy Committee in the state. And I, I love this. And the more that I contemplate this issue, uh, the more I uh, become more pro-life in my viewpoint. And there's just so much technology to see that the baby is, in fact, a baby at that time. And I think it's a great thing. And it's a great battle to fight. And I'm glad to see Florida joining the cause there. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed that everything is getting expensive. We're in the biggest economic crisis since 2008. And the government keeps printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years. And inflation is not going away. If the government continues its out-of-control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. So, how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. 
They'll even help you move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market and into a precious metals IRA. And they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, and they have thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-670-7660. That's 866-670-7660. Or text ALEX to 65532. Again, 866-670-7660. Or text ALEX to 65532 for American Hartford Gold. Again, first guest, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, who is uh, typically on our Thursday broadcast on a live show, but slid in uh, today on Friday, and it was great to catch up with him. Always a pleasure when he's on, even though sometimes we talk about some scary stuff. And of course, uh, he's someone who has long been a China hawk. We talk about that, but also he, I think, has a good sense of the beating heart of the MAGA movement, and that comes up in detail as well in the interview, which you will hear right now. Dr. G, I want to uh, give you a chance to opine on the say the genocide games. It, just the more we think about it, the more offensive it is to me. Uh, but uh, where's your head at here? Yeah, I think that's an excellent summary. If you look at the um, the video that went viral of Nancy Pelosi yesterday, I mean, let's just stop for a second and, and put her comments into a broader context that she's saying to the athletes. Look, uh, we respect you commenting on the situation in China, but don't do it for the safety of yourselves and for the safety of your families. And you think, okay, hang on a second. She's saying out loud what shouldn't be said in polite company at the same time that all these American companies are doing business with that regime. So, you know, whether it's Google, whether it's Nike, whether it's anybody else, (laughs) <laughs> we have the Speaker of the House saying to our athletes, um, you know, behave, otherwise this regime will uh, extract revenge on your families. And then what's happening in the meantime? People are making billions of dollars out of this regime. So I think it's that, that one moment of clarity. Why on earth? Forget the Olympics. Why on earth do we do anything with this country that literally has labor camps, that wants to displace us, that has a plan to displace us, has the one belt, one road, and right now is working hand in glove with Putin to destabilize uh, whether it's Taiwan, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's anywhere else. So this is when we have to wake up and recognize the nature of this regime. I've got some of that audio from Nancy Pelosi that I think is probably worth playing. We'll play um, both clips, Producer Haley. Let's play cut seven first, then we'll play cut 13. Now the IOC, aided by corporate sponsors, once again turns a blind eye with the 2022 Winter Olympics just to bolster their bottom lines, Mr. McGovern mentioned. As I was said, if we do not speak out against human rights violations in China, because of commercial interest, we lose all moral authority to speak out against human rights violations anywhere. Okay, I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk 
incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. Dr. G. Yeah, I mean, incredible. Totally, totally stunning. So we should behave ourselves and make sure that we're not attacked for the next few days, but for the rest of the year, uh, Google can have its research facilities there, help censorship of the internet in front of the Chinese people. Apple can be in business with China, have all the components of its phones made there. Nike, the NBA. The, the rest of the year, is, yeah, for 360 days, it's fine to be in league with, making money with communist China, but for the next five days, we have to behave ourselves. This is all the proof you need of, of the just the complete lack of any moral fiber that the left has and, and big business, sadly, Alex. Uh, yeah, and this is the issue is the big business part. And, and this is what's going on here is I think that there everyone is lost. I think people are actually confused at this point in the business world. What are they supposed to do? Because they've made this calculation for so long that the way to approach China is to act like there are no atrocities. Uh, there is there is no totalitarian controls on speech. There are no concentration camps. There are no genocides going on, and just treat them as though they're a big emerging market who have their own way of doing things. And we need to respect that. We don't need to judge. We don't need to cast judgment. But now, uh, much of America is judging, and the people are certainly judging. And then you're left with folks like at NBC who are going to have to go over there and you know cover the Olympics as if it's some sort of a celebration, as if it's some sort of a party. And I think a lot of them are starting to, it's going to be incredibly awkward. Uh, but the question is, does any lasting change happen here? And I don't know if we're there yet, Dr. G, but it does feel like the awareness is being raised. Yeah, I, I think we're far, far from it. We, we need, you know, the, 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 the Trump effect. We need Donald Trump back in the White House who publicly says, you know, we are at war with this nation. We're going to have penalties for companies doing business with them and otherwise we're going to have a trade war with china Let, let's it's not just about the bottom line in the next quarter let's uh, again put this into historic context there, there is an underlying you know the, the elite philosophy for how this uh, should all develop and you know kissinger in large part is responsible for this the idea that if we do business with china if we economically liberalize with them, then there will be an attendant concomitant uh, political liberalization of the country, that these two things go hand in glove. Uh, and what have we seen in the last 30 years? It's exactly the opposite. The more we gave them favored nation recognition, the more we did business with them, the democratic part of the future of China shriveled and disappeared. We have Xi Jinping, who literally three years ago made himself emperor for life we have the the labor camps being built we have the the, the video of the uyghurs being put into you know sealed train cars on the way right. to the, the way to the camp so what what we actually did is the reserve the reverse of the, the elite scenario the more money we made for china the stronger the communist regime became and i, I don't see a, a significant threat to that until we have somebody in the white house who again says no, you're not going to do business with them. They are bad and they want to replace us. Yeah, that's certainly right. So what is the appropriate way to handle it, do you think, Dr. G? Because this is also a big opportunity for folks like you and me who would like awareness on these issues. 
um, for uh, for a long time? Well, look, it, it's going to be difficult in practical purposes to, to cut the cord straight away. I would like us to do that. I would like there to be concrete penalties and sanctions on American companies that support a, a, a regime that is, you know, part and parcel that is, you know, affecting a genocide. There should be penalties for that. Uh, secondarily, we do what the Reagan administration did with the Active Measures Working Group, where you shine a light on the the actual nature of the regime make public this is really an an education measure i I think when if people understood what china is if they saw what you know if they heard the testimony of those who have escaped they would think twice when they went to amazon and they bought a product made in china so i think you know we, we have to have that top-down approach from an administration prepared to play hardball. And then all of us, you know, I think this show, Alex, is part and parcel of that, has to be part of a program where we educate the American people to the, the sheer diabolical nature of the regime. And then people take action and, and stop supporting it with their personal choices. Yeah, I think that's the key, is that still we're kind of trapped in supporting China in many ways because they are uh, they create so much of the products that we are addicted to in a lot of ways. And some yeah. of them we could, I think, easily transition off. Some are much going to be much more difficult. I mean, fashion, for example, is almost impossible to dress yourself affordably without having, um, you know, China uh, be a part of it. It just let is. Me, I mean, let me give you a concrete example. You know, yeah, go for it. For the radio show, we, we, we made, you know, the, the merchandise store where you, know, you can go and get your Sebastian Gorka America First gear, Let's Go Brandon. We even have a flag now to, to, to memorialize the, the Americans abandoned in, in, in Afghanistan. And I said to the guy who runs my store, you know, SebGorkaStore.com, I said, Randy, you know, I don't want one product that's made in China. And we had a long discussion and he said, look, it's going to take a little bit longer. It'll be a little bit more expensive, but we've done it. And it's been running now for almost a year. If I can make that decision to have only products made in America sold on my radio show, then how about individual listeners to your program, Alex, start looking at the descriptions of everything they pick up in the store, everything they click on in Amazon. And if it's made in China, it's a very simple decision. Don't buy it. It's like all these people who have these fun you know, holidays, vacations in Cuba. Every time you spend 10 bucks in a Cuban cafe in Havana, by law, $9 of that bill goes to the Communist Party, to the regime. You are subsidizing wow. evil when you buy Chinese products. So, guys, let's turn a corner. Let's start acting like we mean it. Yeah, but I does feel like this has to come a little more top down than, than it has been yeah, because it just seems well. like it just, it's too it's too vast to feel like people can just sort of um, individually, you know, if the talk radio audience can scale back 40%, they're made in China products. I'm not saying it won't make a difference, but it's not going to make it as big of a difference as a, a bigger top-down cultural shift. It has to be both. You know, it has to be, be driven from the top down as well. I mean, that's what really hurts China. You're right. I mean, we can make a small dent. But when American companies are told that you will be fined or you will be taxed disproportionately high levels if you dare to do business with a genocidal regime then people start to get the message because it becomes a news story and because big corporations have to justify you know nike you know lebron have to justify the blood on their hands 
so you're absolutely right. You know, there has to be a top down as well. But right now, with, with you know, come on, Peter Schweitzer's book, Red Handed. These people are literally in bed. They're not in bed. They're having orgies with the communist regime. Yeah, that really is uh, kind of the way to sum it up. Unfortunately, uh, Doctor Sebastian Gorka again is with me, Doctor G. I have to, um, but uh, I, I will. I will also add. Uh, I did go through a process, and I talked to the audience about this in real time. I did an experiment, trying to buy barbecue equipment that was made in the United States. It took me about a week uh-huh. to find some, and it was like four times as much as the stuff at my hardware store, which was all made in China. So some stuff is just really tough. I mean, I've got a favorite brand of uh, hoodies that I wear all the time that are made in America. America, it's a Malibu-based company. They're really soft. They look good. Uh, it's they're they're so much better than any of the made in China things that you'll get at the, at the target. They're four times as much, Dr. G it's a, it's a, well, I, 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 hang it, on, hang on. I know that's true. Yeah. How long do they last? Compare a Chinese product. very long time. Yeah. They're, they're, right. they're terrific. It's terrific. It's worth it. But, but the thing is for me, you know, and I'm not a wealthy person, but I've got a very stable job and it's like, I can pull the trigger on something like that and see the benefit. But a, a lot of people can't, a lot of people don't have, you know, I can uh, yeah. shill out the extra 70 bucks now uh, because I know it's going to last more. A lot of people are on a budget that's a little tighter. Can't do that. And I'm very sympathetic because I've been there and it's just, it, it's really hard to do. And this is where we're getting, um, we're getting suckered into it. We're getting so, cause you're all a part of it who have that thought you're you are a part of what is making china so powerful it's there's one way maybe perhaps everybody could visualize this when you go into the walmart or when you're just about to you know click on that that product made in china or, or, or on the internet just remember this visualize the fact that you are keeping that person in that gulag you, you are you, you you are buying you know another supercar for Xi Jinping. You are supporting the communist regime. You're you're buying another magazine full of cartridges for that member of the PLA that wants to invade Taiwan. But perhaps if we start really imagining the cost of what we are doing and how it concretely supports this regime, we're not you know moral absolutists, but there are some things you know labor camps genocide that are not good and if you're supporting them with your purchases maybe that'll help people think twice um dr g i gotta ask you about some of these athletes who are americans who are competing on behalf of china in the olympics there's at least three of them the one that's getting the most attention is eileen gu uh, who is a favorite to win the gold three three gold medals for china even though she's benefited her entire life from the american system there's a couple other uh, Chinese, uh, uh, a couple other uh, hockey players who are American who will be competing with the Chinese. Uh, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is kind of personal for me. You you know my family story. So when, when I see these accounts of people who are putting on the colors of, of a communist dictatorship as, as U.S. nationals, it takes me back to, to my father's story. So my father was 20 years old in 1950 his country had been taken over by the communists he decided to resist which was dangerous he you know just started college college he was on the hungarian national crew team on the olympic team and um he was betrayed by a, a, a double agent called kim philby he was arrested at the age of 20 tortured and given a life sentence he until his dying day he uh, he bore the scars on his body of what the secret police did to him. And the, the only thing that really ever made him angry, it's so funny as a child, I remember him telling me that 
you know, they tortured him, they beat him, they kept him in a prison coal mine for two years, they kept him in solitary. The, the thing that most, most angered him decades later after he'd escaped, of course, in the revolution was the fact that he never got to compete in the Olympics and represent Hungary um, because, you know, he had been betrayed and arrested. So the idea that these people, you know, are actually facilitating a regime that does that to the citizens, the actual ethnic citizens of that country. Uh, I, I can't imagine a more rotten example of moral, moral turpitude that my father went to prison in, instead of representing his country. And these people are rowing in the colors of the same kind of people who tortured my dad. I mean, really, how, how do you go to sleep at night? Uh, it's uh, so well stated, but I'll tell you why they don't get it. And they don't get it because, sadly, Dr. G, of America. I mean, we have made, a, I think, a grave mistake uh, in the way we've dealt with China over the last 50, 60 years since the 100-year marathon uh, really began. And um, we're so behind now. And all these people, you think Eileen Gu understands the, the extent to which uh, China is a oppressive, dictatorial, genocidal regime. Of course not. I, I don't think she's uh, that morally retarded. I, I think it is. She hasn't considered it. I think that's what it, she's not thinking it through because no one's told her to think it through. No one has suggested that it's important to think these things through. And I do think that all the Wall Street and tech class, that they're just so focused on money. They're so greedy and they're so impressed with power and dictatorship. Uh, that they've they've made another calculation, and this is the problem: is that we if we don't get back to clarity, critical thinking on these issues, uh, things will get worse. Well, then it's our failure, Alex. You I know, agree. Who else is going? Who else is going to tell them except Breitbart, except uh, Salem, except you know the, the handful of people, you know Newsmax and so forth? It, it, it's really us. They, they 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 may be truly ignorant, Alex. You may be right, but it, then it's. For us to, to double down, knuckle under, and, and make sure yeah. that we are educating these people. And, and at the end of the day, I, I, you know, I, I commend the, 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 the woman who created Young Americans Against Socialism, Morgan Zegers, because you know, she's dedicated her life, to, especially with one of her podcasts, to sharing the stories of the victims of communism, people who've recently escaped countries like China. So yeah. we have to bang that drum because that's the, that's the only thing millennials react to. You know, they, sure. they only react to personal stories and, and emotions. And, you know, we have to do a better job, I guess. It's, it's um, a potent combination when you've got the people who are in the elite in this country who genuinely do seem to like China and the Communist Party. And I, that is not a joke. I don't misspeak. I think they genuinely do like it. Um, and uh, they emulate it in a lot of ways, and some of them are very open about it. Like you know, the 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 Ray Dalios of the world, I think, are very clear about it. Uh, and then you have the people who are just ignoramuses, who are younger, who have just never told the truth about China. I think that's a very potent combo, uh, and we're gonna we gotta fight back, uh, Doctor G. I got a few minutes left, and I got a, a couple other stories I want to bounce off of you um the let's let, let, let me ask you about um christy noam south dakota signing a bill banning boys from competing in girls sports uh, this kind of remarks a uh I, I think a pretty big move from her she famously got in big trouble with the right because she was sort of pro trans getting to compete against the opposite 
gender uh, in sports, even though there wasn't a single athlete in South Dakota that that would have applied to. So she kind of put her foot in her mouth on that one. And she's been trying to reel that back in. It seems like that's complete now, but is there, are you convinced Dr. G that this is a done, a done deal that she's coached up now? Absolutely not. She, she, she's just another, wow. another interesting. No, I don't buy it. Because she said back then, remember, she gave some excuse about how this would have negative legal effects on, you know, the co- competitors and sports, you know, the children yeah. competing. Well, what what happened to those? Did, did those just disappear or were you a rhino then and now you're MAGA? No, she, she's just thinking about her political future. She's trying to come back. I don't buy it for a second. On the whole trans issue, I spent, uh, I was in L.A. with Dinesh D'Souza uh, two days ago. We, we were filming for his new film, The, the 2000 Mules, which is going to be a blockbuster on the evidence of, of how the election was concretely stolen. And Dennis Prager was there. And this, this issue um, came up, the, the trans thing in our discussion, and he just nailed it. God bless Dennis. He said, that the, the only way, you know, you don't have to, you know, you can respect the person, you can call them Sharon if they want to be called Sharon, even if they're, you know, biologically a male. But the issue here deep down is they're all cheats. They're just cheats. If, if you're a man competing against women, like the, 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 the man at UPenn who says he's a girl, you're yeah, just Leah a Leah Thomas. Leah, yeah, Leah, Leah, quote unquote, Leah Thomas. Yeah. They are just cheats, and this is how it should be expressed, okay? There's, there, there is a, 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 a justice component to this issue, and, and where are the feminists, where are the people who believe in Title IX? You know, this is, this is where it all begins, and I believe this is going to be perhaps the biggest issue that wake, wakes people up in the midterms. When you see what's happening in the schools, when you see not only the CRT, but the, the aggressive trans agenda, people who are otherwise apolitical are going to wake up and say, this is just wrong. She can, you know, he can say he's a girl, but at the end of the day, you are destroying the lives of real women and real girls, and you're just a cheat. But, you know, Kirsty Noem, fake, fake fake rhino oh, wow somebody follow-ups here um uh, the first of all i have to say that you, for those of you who are uh, in certain parts of your life that you, this might not be a big deal to you the trans stuff the trans stuff is not a factor in my life one iota but i'll tell you that some of my colleagues at breitbart who have kids in middle school and high school it's an everyday conversation it's literally every day that they're talking about uh, who's trans now in the school how the school is dealing with the trans it, it is a constant distraction for these families and it's all because uh, that people were overly indulgent of the cheats it's totally true and it, it doesn't help that the upenn uh, the, the school the ncaa and even the teammates of the of leah thomas have been so silent and they're finally starting months into this saga the teammates are finally starting to say that this is not okay but it's just a, what's been going on here. No one is allowed to stand up and say the obvious that this should not be happening. It's so annoying, Doctor G. The only good part is that you and I are liberated that we get to actually speak our minds. But just it feels like most of the country is just doing performance art now, where we're just pretending stuff that's patently insane is not happening. So I know that's more of a uh, hot take than a question. But um, I, where do you think? Um, do you know where President Trump's at on uh, Christy Nome? Because I know you speak to the president uh, uh, quite a bit and. Uh, I a lot of people who I trust think that she's the front runner for the vice presidential pick if uh, Trump runs again, and I was kind of surprised by that. I don't know if that's true, but it just it crossed my mind. No, I, I haven't discussed it with him, but I don't buy that at all. I mean, look, there, there's only one person who makes any sense, and, and that's 
you know, that's of course the governor of Florida. So if, if Ron has you know, a, a, any common sense, he knows that if he runs with President Trump, then he will just slide into the first slot to the presidency in, in 2028. So anybody else, anybody else who runs against President Trump is truly politically suicidal. So I don't care, you know, you know the, the, the Nikki Haley mega rhinos or the, yeah. the people who so, you know, wimped out on June 6th like Mike Pence. You know, no, we'll, we'll see some crazies. Probably Kasich will you know, allow his ego to take control of him again. But at the end of the day, there's only one person who can fill a 60,000 seat you know, arena in 24 hours. Yeah. That's Donald Trump. And if Ron wants I, to I, come to the I, I would love to see Kasich run because it would be, and I know you'll appreciate the rib on President Trump, it would be amazing to see President Trump have the smallest ego in the race. That would be unbelievable <laughs> Like to watch that. That that would be awesome. Um, okay, uh, last one. I we're really late on time, yeah. Doctor G, but I can't I can't resist. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is uh, uh, actually his agency is helping deported migrants return via family separation claims, which are almost all bogus. Uh, this should surprise no one who's paying attention, but it is truly appalling and an outrage, and probably deserves three full hours. And yet uh, we'll spend uh, you know thirty seconds on it, but it is still important to touch on it. On this issue, for me, it is the game-changing piece of audio or, or video. I've played it every day on my show this week. I'm going to play it every day until the midterms. The Westchester uh, body cam from the police sergeant who intercepted the CIA contractors flying illegal aliens uh, on an unmarked jet under cover of darkness across America. So that, 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 that's who Mayorkas is. That's who Biden is. That's who... Susan Rice is when you are. Could you imagine, Alex, if President Trump used a CIA contractor domestically yeah. to ferry anybody across the country? Play that audio, play that video every single day because people are going to wake up with a contractor. Yeah, yeah, get it, get it to me, Dr. G. I, I have not played it and I should play it. We'll play it on Monday. Um, please send me that yeah. to me. And, because, you know, it's one of these things where I have to chickety check myself before I riggedy wreck myself because the I'm so, even though I'm a relatively young guy, I, I've been in the news business so long and we've been on this immigration issue so much, it, it's exhausting for me to having to report the same stories over and over again. And I do sometimes, you space out. On, we've covered this at Breitbart, of course, but it's it's just so hard because these are the same exact problems that faced America in 2014, 2015, 2016 when we were writing about this at Breitbart and it was leading to Donald Trump getting elected and it's still going on. And it's just, it's so alarming it's how it, it, it's even worse. You're right, it's the worst it's ever been. But when you have the contractor from MVM LLC, the CIA contractor, on camera to the police officer at the end of that video say, you know why we're doing this. You, you know why we're keeping it secret. We know, you know why we're doing it after dark, because this government, quote, is betraying the American people. When you have that yeah. on film, on camera, boom, that's it. End of story. Then you know the truth. Dr. Sebastian Gorka, America First, every afternoon and via podcast, which is how I like to get it. You can also uh, check him out on Newsmax every Sunday on the Gorka Reality Check. Dr. G, always fun. God bless you. God bless the listeners. Thank you, Alex. If you want professional hand-painted portraits of your family, you and your life, creating memories, perfect gift for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, it is paintyourlife.com. Paintyourlife.com, terrific new sponsor. And now that we're back out there in the world, making memories, living life, capturing those images, well, you can turn it into world-class art made by professional artists. These people are so talented and they really 
create a product that is so impressive and uh, I really enjoyed uh, getting to know some of the people involved. User-friendly platform makes it easy to order a custom hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes and within two weeks you get it back. All you got to do, send in a picture of yourself, your children, your family, a special place, someone you love who isn't around anymore perhaps, and of course my favorite, a cherished pet, which is also kind of humorous little uh, a tinge to this any even an action shot of you or your children all of this works they can even combine photos and you get a perfect gift for birthdays anniversaries weddings very meaningful art that is preserving a, a big moment for forever perhaps is paintyourlife.com and now is the best time to get it here's the offer at paintyourlife.com no risk if you don't love the final painting your money is refunded guaranteed and right now is a limited time offer get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word Breitbart to 64,000. That's Breitbart to 64,000. Text Breitbart to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply, available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text Breitbart to 64,000. Really exciting moment today on the live show when John Carney came on. And I had mentioned earlier in the broadcast that we had predicted a Breitbart to see a horrible jobs number in January due to the Omicron variant and a lot of people staying home and perhaps uh, being underemployed. Maybe we'd even see a negative jobs number. And uh, maybe that was a little extreme of a prediction, but no one thought it was going to be any good. And it turned out to be a absolutely terrific number for Big Joey the Biden. Uh, John Carney explains why uh, this might be, what it could mean, how it could uh, affect other parts of your life, like inflation, uh, for example, and whether or not there might be a silver lining that America could be finally coming back from the two-year-long pandemic. All of that comes up in the interview. John, what the heck? All right. The economy created 460. 7,000 jobs in January. The estimate was $150,000. The whisper number, what I expected was a negative print so that it was going to go down because the economy was deluged with infections. I mean, look at any chart yeah. of, you know, infections, hospitalizations, deaths, and plus a lot of people had to quarantine. So this should have resulted in a dive in jobs. Uh, and it didn't. Uh, or at least I don't want to cast too much skepticism on this number, but I will say that the worse than expected number in December was revised up a lot. Um, in fact, the December and November numbers, if you combine them, they just added 708,000 jobs. So what that tells you is that the uh, Department of Labor guys who are putting this together um, are just as uh, – bamboozled and perplexed about what's happening in the economy as, as nearly everybody else. And it's getting very hard when you have these sudden shifts around the pandemic to properly estimate, you know, where the economy is at any given point. Remember, just the other day, ADP estimated that we lost 300,000 jobs in January. And so, you know, the, the delta here is 700,000 jobs between those two estimates, uh, 
it, I think it's just what the shows is one, nobody knows what they're talking about. And two, it's very hard to predict what's happening in the economy in real time when you have, you know, things opening and closing, people at work, not at work. And that's what we see here. So can Big Joey now claim that he's brought the economy back, one of his central promises, John? I, yeah, I mean, I would, well, so first of all, one month, you know, they, they were, in some ways, they've been hurt by their, they were obviously worried that the jobs number was going to come in very bad. They were warning, actually, all week that the jobs number was going to come in bad. And they kept saying, don't make a big deal out of one month. So, you know, if they go and make a big deal out of one month, which, you know, I bet they will, uh, you know, you can at least say, hey, wait a minute. I thought you guys said we should ignore what happened in January. Uh, This will put a the I think the bigger policy picture here is this will put a fire under the Fed for a for the March rate hike. Everybody expects a rate hike in March. If we got a super bad number in February or in January that made it look like the economy, you know, might have gone on the rocks, maybe there would have been some hesitancy. This kind of number, which would be good any time, but is spectacular for January. And I mean, so good that I would be worried because if this is the number we get while we have an Omicron infection, uh, you know, raging through the country then imagine what it would have been like without that. I mean, it could have been incredible. So I would say that, you know, the economy is in danger of overheating. We overstimulated it last year, and the Fed is behind the ball when it comes to raising rates. So they're, you know, they're going to have to act in March, and they're going to have to signal in March that they're going to, you know, speed up. It's not going to be four. Nobody's going to talk about three or four rate hikes this year. It's going to be a lot more than that. So let me ask about about that. So so this means that uh, it's going to guarantee you know more significant rate hikes um, to try to uh, actually stop the economy from overheating. So where does inflation work into this? Uh, what other uh, downstream factors are you gonna uh, are you anticipating? Sure. Well, this means that we've seen a lot of signs of this. I've been writing about it both in our newsletter and it, on uh, Breitbart.com each day. There's a lot of sides that inflation, which was expected to taper off this year, uh, has actually been strengthening in recent months. And look, these jobs numbers say, you know, say yeah, that's probably happening, because obviously you're, you know, when you create another, you know, let's just call it close to 500,000 jobs, uh, when you add that many new jobs into the economy, 700,000, you know, jobs more than we had and we thought we had in November, December, that's a lot of demand. That's a lot. They can, that had supply as well, don't get me wrong, but the economy is right now no longer in the place where you know, the government should be providing aid to the economy. It should be trying to get to a place that's more of a neutral place. But in fact, this kind of says we may actually need to start to tap on the brakes. We may need the Fed to start to slow things down because the next inflation print may be much worse than people are thinking. Um, very interesting. Again, John Carney's with me, economic and finance editor for Breitbart News. If you go to the front page, for uh, you can get a subscribe to the newsletter that John and I work on um, every day on economic and finance matters. So uh, what do you think the reaction is in the White House now? Um, they're probably very happy, but what does it really mean overall? 
they're asking themselves, is it too early to pop champagne corks uh, is what's happening in the White House. They were really worried about how this number was going to look. Joe Biden has been getting terrible marks for his management of the economy from the American people. And so they will be happy at this number. It is uh, nobody should try to take it away from them. It's good. But the problem, remember, in all of the surveys that Americans are when asked, you know, hey, what's the problem right now? It wasn't jobs. Even before this report, the unemployment rate was down to 3.9 percent. That is very low. Uh, That means that very few people who are trying to get a job can't find one. Uh, By the way, in this report, the unemployment rate ticked up to 4 percent, but that's still very low. And don't hold that against anybody. Uh, So. The problem, as the American people see it, and they're correct, is that it was not jobs to begin with. So you can't fix it with more jobs. The problem was inflation. Biden uh, authorized the, you know, pushed for the stimulus bill and wanted even more government spending uh, that helped trigger the inflation. So I think uh, that's going to be the real problem. They can crow all they want about getting, you know, getting these jobs. But I think that's it's going to be uh, that really it's going to be getting inflation under control that's going to decide whether you know American people start to be a little happier about the economy and the Biden administration's management of it. Yeah, this is something also that's interesting uh, because I want to ask you about connecting it with the now record or at least uh, the highest in seven years uh, oil prices over ninety dollars, not record high, but over ninety dollars now ninety one dollars and ticking up. Um, so after Biden touted that you know gas prices are going down. It just seems like this has been a bigger conversation. I know that uh, as someone who manages a lot of people, I'm getting a lot of, uh, hey, do I have a raise coming up conversations? And we know why that is, John. It's because we're all 7% poorer or more so uh, because of the inflation and the people are getting, uh, it's a big stress in a lot of families. It's a stress in my family. There's no doubt about it. So is it what is, um, it, it's, does this jobs number does that offset that at all uh and is there any hope when it comes to some of these inflation and supply chain issues and oil issues that we've still been seeing for the past several months so i do think that some of the supply chain issues will ease uh as we go forward we have pretty good manufacturing numbers in here there's a lot of hiring in the like services leisure and accommodation parts of the economy uh, this month. That suggests that some of the the spending of American households is shifting to services. That's been one of the things that caused a lot of the imbalances in the economy was that, you know, because you couldn't go to a concert, uh, you know, people weren't going to sports games. They, they weren't even going to movies very much. All of the household spending had shifted to goods. Uh, we're seeing a bit of a shift back that should, you know, ease some of the supply chain problems, which will maybe have a slight easing effect on inflation. But again, once this inflation cycle gets going, and you were just describing how it happens, you say, well, I have to pay more for this. So you tell your boss, look, prices are up 7%. Your normal 2% raise a year isn't going to cut it. You know, I need to get 7 8% this year. If to get any raise, you need 9%. So you, so then everybody gets a raise at 9%. What happens then? Well, then businesses can't just not make money because they're paying their workers 9% more. So they seek to raise their the, the prices of their goods by even more than that. 
which then creates what economists have sometimes referred to as a wage price spiral where, you know, people are getting paid more. So therefore, the cost of goods go up which then makes them demand more money. Sure, uh, yeah. It, it reminds me of, of kind of how the education system works, where the cost of college goes up, so then federal loan programs and grants right. go up, exactly. so then the cost of college goes up again. So, and that's the whole racket, and that's how you get to $60,000 a year for college. Right, and that is how, uh, you know, how you get, you know, giant explosions of inflation. I do think the Fed is going to step up. They've been way too loose. They've been behind the curve uh, and they haven't been, they didn't see what was coming, coming. But now you don't, you know, like if they, if you could say their crystal ball was like broken or foggy, you don't need a crystal ball to see what's happening. And so I think now they're going to have to act, particularly in light of these jobs numbers. It means, that, I mean, so here's a really good positive spin on the jobs number. It means that the economy has now is now becoming a bit, uh, to use the medical analogy, has developed an immunity to COVID. We no longer, this... Yeah, this is a, a John, a little, yeah. let me set this up because we have time for one more question and this is the one I, I want to ask. Um, is, he, is there is there a narrative in here with this great jobs number for Biden? Is there a narrative in here that also it's a rejection of the uh, sort of COVIDism, the COVID hysteria still, that people are just like, I, it, for lack of a better expression, F it, I'm getting back to my life. I think that's exactly what this is, that we had this huge surge of infections. But remember, for a lot of people, particularly if they're vaccinated uh, or had prior immunity from getting infected in the past, it was super mild for a lot of people when they got infected. I know people in my family who were infected and basically it was, you know, the, it was a head cold. And so one of the things that, that happened is people saw that in their friends, relatives, neighbors, and they said, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to be scared back into my house again this time. I think that's what this number is saying is that we, the economically, yes, in terms of health, we have a lot of immunity in our population to COVID now. And now what we're seeing in this jobs report is I think we have economic immunity to COVID. We're not going to shut down the way we were. And we're, we're going to keep engaged. You know, I, I, this means, I mean, you look at these leisure, these, you know, the, the food and, and accommodations places, that means people were still eating out despite, you know, the, the record high number of infections. That's, wow. you know, that's a very promising sign for, for everybody. It's also a sign that most people don't have three children under four years old like I do. So, uh, <laughs> the, those people are eating restaurants. I did take them all to a restaurant this week, John, and it was. Um, wow. Uh, although it, it, it worked out great, um, but I am thrilled that um, uh, that um, uh, Mrs. Doctor Marlowe did not have an anxiety attack during the process. It was very My high stress. Children call call going out to the uh, to a restaurant. Uh, mask performance theater. They get a real <laughs> kick out of the idea that we don't wear a mask till we get to the door. We wear a mask when yeah. we get to the door and speak to the maitre d' for one moment. Get yeah. to our table and then we, and then we get for to the door. So, yeah, 30 seconds yeah. of mask and, you know, that's it. I ordered from a counter the other day and they wanted me to wear a mask. So what I did is I pulled up a chair and I sat down in front of the counter. <laughs> and then that's and I said, well, now, now, now I can't theater. spread it. My children that like we do this, but you know, like think of it as like a bizarre custom. Like we're visiting a foreign country for a little while sure. and we're just doing the things that they want us to do to, you know, go along. When in 
wedding mask plan do as the masks do. We don't have to start a fight with them. But yeah, but we got to stop though. But, but eventually, we got to stop, or, or we'll never get to take them off. All right, but John, I got to run. Uh, John Carney, economic and finance editor at Breitbart News. Read everything he writes. Subscribe to our newsletter. He's at Carney on Twitter. I got American parts. That'll do it for today. Thanks so much to producer Haley pulling double duty, making the show possible. Thanks to all of you who've told ten thousand friends and family members about the show, about the podcast, the live show, anything we do. Breitbart.com. Perhaps picking up my book, Breaking the News, which I think is very apropos this week, given all the media news coverage that we've had at Breitbart and elsewhere. All that helps out. Five-star reviews, etc. All great ways to support the show, however you want to do it. I support you the same way you support us at Breitbart News. All right, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh.